Welcome to the Step 7 Ministries podcast. The mission is simple. Share Jesus with the addicted. Here we discuss recovery through the lens of Step 7. With Jesus as the center, you'll hear what makes the recovery journey through Step 7 unique and effective. We feature real help with an underlying approach of grace and brotherly love, along with the stories of men who have found recovery through connecting to Step 7 Ministries. Welcome back to the Step 7 Ministries podcast. This is Mike again, and I'm really excited for this one. This is the first step that gets us into more of the process of discipleship. Fundamentally, what these steps do are bring guys through this discipleship process. So I really hope you enjoy that part of our conversation. And once again, I would just like to ask and remind you, please go to where you review podcasts and give this podcast a review. Five stars would be great. Just be honest, but if you really like it and you love these stories and this teaching about uh, recovery from the perspective of Step 7, please leave a five-star review so that this podcast can get out there more as well. So enjoy this conversation once again as we dive into Step 5. All right, today, Tom, we are on Step number 5. So we've been getting through these steps. It's been really fun for me to dig into them. In fact, um, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, at our small group, you talked about how you've been enjoying slowing down and digging into these steps a little bit, and I know I have, because we read these steps, right, every week, and we just whiz on through them, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we never really linger with them, yeah. and so that's kind of the anticipation of what we're, we're doing, so that's it's what cool we're here be- today. Because when we do dive into them like we're doing, you can, you're right, we do just kind of fly through them all the time, but when you really look at them, you can, you can see they're, they're, I believe, we're Holy Spirit-inspired. Oh, yeah. I agree, 100%. You know. Yeah, yeah. All right, so today is step, um, step five. How about I'll read the step and you read the verse with it? Is that you good? You got it. So step five says, We sought through prayer, study, and our small group, His healing gospel truth. And the verse says, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Matthew six thirty three. So this step is where you really do start to slow down in your development, right? As when, as a man, if you're coming into the ministry and you you read through these steps, and um, you know, as we've talked about, step one through four can be done fairly quickly, right? Uh, but this is where it starts to slow down. This is sort of the discipleship process in a step in the step. Um, so, <coughs> excuse me. It's all right. Uh, so we have. Three components, uh, prayer, study, and small group, uh, the healing gospel truth that, of course, show up in all of these pieces. Um, Why are these three components, uh, maybe I wonder, the question is, how did these emerge as the three key parts to um, growing yourself as a man within the step seven, in the steps? Well, that's a, boy, that's a good question, Mike. I think... A good part of that has to do with what was going on in the ministry or in in my life when when I prayerfully asked for directions in, in putting these steps together. And I'd been involved in in small groups for quite some time at that point. And so that that just kind of seemed to be a, a no brainer. We this needs to be about small groups. I can remember over the years, you're the one person who has reminded me over and over and over, you've told me, PT, you know, don't forget that small groups are the foundation of, of what we do. Yep. And so that that just seemed obvious. And then the other two are just go hand in hand with it. We need to get into 
the Bible. That's we, we need to study his word, and, and prayer is just also a, a no-brainer. So the neat thing about him, and I like how you mentioned, you know, the first four we've talked about, I think, a week or two ago, we talked about how they can they happen real quick, a couple of minutes, and you yeah. can get through the first four. But when you hit step five, this is, a, in my mind, this should be a lifelong journey for you now. I mean... I can't imagine not being involved in a small group, and I'm always going to be praying and, and studying. So this now is where the rubber really does hit the road. This is where the the growth takes place. Hopefully we have a little bit of a foundation at this point getting through the, the first four steps, but mm-hmm. now it's time for some, some spiritual growth. Yeah, I was looking at them just as I have it in front of me. I, the first two, prayer study, can happen either by yourself or... With the third piece, right? Small group, right? So and they should actually. And this this lays the foundation, and even the, even though the word's not spoken in here, it lays the foundation for the community part. It, of it. You read my mind. I was just going to say we community is one of our values, and it's yep. a huge value. Um, again, people that go down the path of addiction, it usually starts off fairly innocent. You know, getting high, having a few beers, partying with your buddies, and it's all fun and. And games, but when you get into the throes of addiction, you end up isolating. Everybody that's been there knows that it's all about isolation, and so community's huge. Yeah. So, uh, do you ever? I know in our small group, um, in the group, prayer shows up as we call it uh, uh, popcorn prayer, if you will, right? Because right. we we allow anybody who'd like to to pray. Conversational prayer. Yeah, conversational prayers. That's a right. better way to put it. Right. Um, how do we teach people to? Well, I'm gonna. I'm scrolling down this document I'm looking at, and I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to uh, talk about it too much ahead of time. But that's one of the values is is prayer. Do we have an element of? And how do you teach prayer to the guys? <laughs> <laughs> um, I try to keep that as simple as possible, especially out of the gate. We don't. We don't force guys to pray out loud within our groups. I encourage it. I, I let them know there's not there's not a wrong or, or right way here to go about this. So we do encourage them to join in the prayer. But that's a that's a, a thing that needs growth in their lives. They're they're self conscious about about praying. I one of the simplest things I can tell them is if you if you want to just have a quick simple little prayer. You can start off by giving giving God thanks for a few things or a thing. Right. And then just tell him what's on your heart. Tell him, you know, and go ahead and I need this or I'm, I'm hurting here. I'm struggling with this. So a little bit of thanks and a little bit of petition and you're you're on your way to a prayer life. There's, yeah. It's not it's not rocket science. <laughs> I know it's it's it can be easy to overthink prayer. Oh. And I got to pray this, especially if somebody's been brought up, maybe even reciting certain prayers. And if they don't have them memorized, or maybe they've heard somebody on a regular basis somewhere in their world, you know, saying all these amazing prayers or something. And I would say uh, uh, one barrier to prayer, maybe you could speak to some of this too, would be um, somehow comparing myself. Oh, big time. Comparison. And that's a barrier in so many things, but prayer, especially out loud prayer. Um, one of the pieces that I really do like, though, with this is that we're not asking guys to pray in front of the church on 
Saturday mornings. You know, we're asking guys to pray in their small group, but to also learn how to be comfortable with it right. by themselves in their own yeah. space, yeah. in their own room. Um, but I just, you know, it hits me that it's important that guys learn that it is important to have a conversation with, with God. And I, one of my best and favorite definitions of prayer is uh, prayer is um, prayer is a friendship with God. I'm trying to remember the wording from the book Steps to Christ. Um, prayer is just like being uh, talking to our friend. Amen. And it should be that um, informal. I think if we can't always turn to God, if we don't always turn to God when we have a need, or just to say, "Hey, this is great. Thank you, God, for this." Something like that, as you're saying. Uh, we were just talking real quick before we started recording that we would love, probably like to do an episode on being thankful. Oh, yeah. And um, you've got this great saying that you love to, what's the word, pollinate throughout the ministry. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. What's your phrase? It's um, it's hard to have a bad day when you have a thankful heart. Yeah. And actually, it's I think it's impossible to have a right. bad day when you have a thankful heart. But we... We always say it's hard to have a bad day when you have a yeah. thankful heart. And the neat thing about prayer at step seven, like you said, is we don't we don't ask the guys right out of the gate to get up in front of the church and, and right. pray. We do it in small group. Yep. And we always encourage them. We let them know, hey, you know, this is a safe place. There's no right or wrong way here. And that's what's what's really neat about that is as leaders, I'm sure you've noticed it over the years, you can see you can see the guys growing in their walk. Oh, yeah. With the Lord just in their prayer life within the small groups. It's beautiful. It's really oh, yeah. beautiful. I love it when guys who are normally quiet for weeks on end, you know, and finally say something. Right. And it's just one of the things, um, you know, I've heard said a couple of times, a number of times, and I'll try to say it if I'm leading the group, is um, remember who your audience is. You know, prayer is not for all of us to hear your say the right words or, you know, yeah. the audience is God, period. And but Talk we do it in the, in the form of a community, yeah. um, and we want to, be, you know, being in that small group is that we're um, we're joining other men in that in that part of our worship in that part of our our time together, um, and so yeah, so in a small group, the format is pretty simple. We have um, we we do an icebreaker. Uh, um, we'll talk about this in a minute with the small group, but then. Um, we take prayer requests, um, and then we go into just prayer, and it's very, very informal. And again, we don't we usually have we ask somebody to start it and somebody to finish it, and then anybody in between who'd like to Amen. can pray. That's how I've done it, um, and it's it's not complicated. I've heard prayers that you know people start laughing in prayer. That's awesome because yeah. people will find something funny, yeah, or just something really, really serious, and we're all going to make sure we remember to return back to that prayer and remember that person in our prayers or whatever. So, and what's ahead. interesting there too is during that prayer time we ask two things. We ask them you know prayer requests, what yes. is something we can pray for, but also what is something that you're thankful for for this last week. And it's really beautiful cuz at step I've 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 seen prayer times and I'm sure you have too where it's just nothing but a whole bunch of thanksgiving and oh, that yeah. is wonderful. Yeah. To go, you know, the guys in this group are just there they're just being thankful to the Lord, and they're not even, you know, that's that's what their prayer is. That's that's beautiful. And I, I would encourage anybody out there who's wondering how does prayer show up for, you know, in step seven, <laughs> if it's just that you're thankful, as you said, thankful to be there. And there are guys who, are, you know, usually in a small group who've been sober for a few days, or a, a number of months, even into the years, and 
there is some maturity that this is the wonderful thing about small groups is that you can have the the person who's got some uh journey on the path and then some guys who don't have as long a journey on the path but that doesn't make them any less valuable and of course our prayers are always heard by god anyway and so um having that sense of just being thankful yeah. and praising god and so one of the things that i know we do with prayer though i want to say we're going to revisit this but just um, we at the end of each session, we have guys read all of us at, at once the Serenity Prayer. Right, and so that is also a prayer, of course. Right, and that's how we end every group. Right, um, is to read the full Serenity Prayer. The so, full Serenity. Yes, prayer. yes. And like I said, I think we'll get we'll get back there. to that. <laughs> back to that. Yeah. Um, so, what about uh, study? So, what happens to bring study to someone's life in Step Seven? Well, the small groups are always going to be based on the prior Sabbath message, sermon. And right. hopefully we try to keep everything at step seven very scriptural, very biblical. Uh, we'll have, what we'll do is we'll just, we'll kind of review the message from the week before, bring some application into it. So it's important that we get across to these men that, the answers to all, not some, the answers to all of their challenges can be found between Genesis and Revelation. It's, it's what they need to, to learn. So we, that's another one of our values here is study. You have, you know, that's where you're going to get to know the Lord is, is within, within the Bible. So we, we hit that pretty hard. We have our, in the small groups, the, the last thing we we have is, and it's usually the longest, we, we try to allot the most time for it, is our word time, where we get into the, into the Bible. Yeah, and we're usually talking, have a topic, as you said, that's on the previous week's message, which has been a long-standing thing that you've done. Sure. Uh, so um, do you have any, any teaching on how to study? Uh, I know that's part of the discipleship course, too, by the way. We'll maybe right. even have a, a podcast on how that what that course looks like for guys, um, for anybody. But how, do you do you encourage guys to to start anywhere or do a particular kind of study? You know, not really. If if someone comes to me and they say, "I don't have a clue about anything in here. What should I read first? This is kind of an old, reliable. I think. Nine out of ten pastors would probably tell him, go read the Gospel, Gospel of John. Of John. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. that'll get you started. Read the Gospel of John, and and that'll get you started. And once you do that, you know, they'll start, you know, through the through the sermons and through the small groups, they'll start diving into Scripture and, and creating kind of their own style, their own relationship with the Word. We don't have a we don't have a right or wrong way of, of studying scripture. You know, we have, I have a lot of guys will ask me, well, pastor, what, what version of the Bible should I read? And I'm not going to go down that path either. I'm well, what version are you reading? Well, I'm reading the NLT. Well, I'm reading the NIV. Well, I'll tell them good. Keep reading. It. Keep reading. It. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know so, one of the things I've loved to do, I've done when we're in a Bible, the, the the Bible study part is if we do come across a verse that I want to spend some time on, um, I'll ask guys to read it from their various exactly translations exactly. that they have, and 
just try to bring out, um, you know, some of the flavor. One of the, I know you know who he is because you you and I have talked about this, John Pauline. He's one of my seminary professors, and he has said, he's on record saying, if you don't have access to the original languages, read through, read from multiple translations um, because you've get, you'll get an idea of right. um, what a verse might say or a subject matter might be based on various parts or various ways it's translated. Um, yeah, we take Bible study seriously, do you, but I don't think, I could be wrong because this is a true I don't know question, um, do you ask guys to study their Bible in the sober living homes? Is that something they, they don't need to, but they are, I assume, encouraged to? Yeah, they're very much encouraged to do so. In fact, one of the mandatory things that they have to do if they're living in one of our homes is they have to have a, uh, a weekly house meeting. They have to be at that every right. week. And there's always a, a devotional at the, okay. at the house meeting. So, yeah, there's pictures of Jesus hanging all over the place. Right. <laughs> you know, you're, you're not going to last too long in, in a step seven home if you don't right. understand that we're all about a right relationship with Christ. I know. I agree. Um, so for me, uh, moving on to the last part of the step, uh, small groups— you don't have to convince me. You and I have some of the same DNA in the sense of uh, I was helping lead small groups back at the same time you were when we were also um, having getting this church started, New Day, here in Parker. Right. And um, I did that for a couple of years, and I know that Dave Kennedy, when he was doing that, he took some of the exact same courses I did at seminary uh-huh. about the benefits of cell church, small groups, groups uh, in homes and community so you don't have to sell me on any of it, but I want to know, you know, what was the, um, you know, you thought about step seven, you thought about these steps, and you said it was a no-brainer to do small groups. Um, I don't know that you maybe <laughs> ever questioned it, but maybe, I don't know how to push back on this at all because I don't have any reason to, but it's like, why the benefit of small groups? Why the why small groups for step seven to begin with? Well... Speaking of Dave, you mentioned Dave Kennedy. I, I, I pastored with him. He was the senior pastor, and I was the associate. And he got me tied into small groups. He even had me leading, uh, teaching small group leadership down at the Franktown Church for a few years. And one of his old sayings was that he always believed that spiritual growth takes place best in a small group. You can you can hide out in a church. You can you can go to church and on on Sabbath and hang out for an hour, hour and a half and then disappear uh, and do it again the next week. In small group, you you get called out. It's there's there's more I don't know the what's a good word here. Uh, I guess accountability to the group when you're in a small group. Uh, he he used to always say, and I believe him. Oh, I I'm there. Spiritual growth, I think, takes place best in a small group. There's a there's a saying. That's and I can't remember the wording. I'm gonna probably butcher it, but it's like uh, growth happens not in growth. Let's see, growth happens in circles, not in rows. Have you ever heard this? Yeah, one? I've heard that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> but the idea is exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it's when you're facing each other looking into each other. And it's when as a group of men growing together, I mean, that's you and I feel right at home. Oh yeah. I love it. I love it. And what are we doing as a small group, as a community 
to grow and multiply this group? What are we doing to serve the community around us? What are we doing to lift up the men in this group? There's just a, uh, a, a it goes much deeper in a small group. Yeah, yeah. It's like you said, it's hard to hide in a, yeah. a small group, and we don't ever generally want our groups to get any bigger than you know ten or a dozen because right. then you start you actually can actually sort of hide. Yeah. And the beauty of that is our system is we you always want to be raising up a leader within that yes. group so you can multiply yep. that group. That's how that's how growth takes place. It's a it's a wonderful way to grow the church. It's I believe the best it, way to grow I think the church it is. in my opinion. You don't have to convince me but I just <laughs> anybody out there wondering why small groups, you know, that's why is because the the growth does happen there. A lot of growth happens. Yeah. In Get in group. touch with us, and we'll invite you to one of our small groups. There we go. And we'll love on you like you've never seen. My first year and a half experience in the in the church in the church as a Christian was in a small group, and so again, part of my my DNA as a as a Christian. Right. Um, I'm just looking at the whole sentence. We're almost out of time here. We sought through these methods, prayer, study, small group, his healing gospel truth. Can you share anything about? why you picked those words, his healing gospel truth? Well, because we can take it all back to step one. We recognize that our lives had become a prison. We need, we need healing in our hearts and in our minds, in our souls to, to get out of that prison. And we need to deepen our relationship with Jesus. And the best way to do that is through these three simple things, prayer, study, and and small groups. Yeah. The so, beauty of it is we, we know it works. You come into a relationship with Jesus and you will start to be healed. Yes. Yeah, Period. you're right. Because it uh, anticipates the next step. The, it's not just any truth, it's the gospel truth. Yeah. Good news. Yeah. It's a very good news yeah. that uh, men and anybody, of course, are all unconditionally loved. Um, I am just now, the timing is wonderful because I'm reading for the second time, a great book that you, I know you're familiar with, Becoming a King by Morgan Snyder. Right, and right. Today, I just started rereading the chapter because I'm actually going through this with some guys um, on becoming uh, becoming a son. And one of the things that really, really hit hard or hit close to me was just, it's so important for guys to know that they are the delight of the Father and they are mm. the delight of God's Amen. heart. And that's part of the gospel truth. So... So anyway, well, that anticipates our next step, step six, which we'll be getting to next. Um, anything else you'd like to add in terms of? You know, five? I'd like to add when you say his healing gospel truth, those two last words, gospel means good news, yeah. okay? The, the good news of the gospel. But the word truth has lost a lot of meaning in our society lately. Um, people aren't real big on these two words, absolute truth right. and right. truth has to be absolute okay there there are no shades of gray to to truth and it's just not politically correct these days i i need to honor your truth mike if you'll simply honor my truth and that's a that doesn't work it just doesn't work truth is truth there's uh, truth is written in stone okay sure. i and and these men that come to step seven, they start to finally see that. You know, I need to, you know, Jesus says what? He says, I am the way and what? The life and the truth. And the truth, yeah. So um, truth's big. Yeah, truth's truth big. is a person. That's that's the point here is, yeah. is developing this relationship yeah. with a real, live, living human being who is Jesus. Yeah. Well, what is the truth? Well, 
Jesus yeah. is the truth, period. And once you get there, and we'll, like I said, talk about that next step, but once you get there, it, there's so many more implications yeah. to how you approach recovery and your, your new life. And, you know, I, I would just like to finish with step five is kind of the, we, we step into now a, a lifelong process, prayer, study, and small group. I, I'm 66 years old. I'll be in a small group till the day I die. I know that. Right. I need that. Yeah, yeah and that's the foundation. It's right there in the middle of all the steps. You know, it's there. And if you want recovery, anybody out there listening to this, you have to be part of a community of people. Amen. Um, if you want recovery here locally in Parker, Colorado, um, you know, join one of our small groups. Amen. I mean, that's what we're, you can come to, to be, by the way, that's another piece to this. Can anybody join a small group? Of course. I mean, except women. <laughs> we have women's small group monthly. We do. Well, of course. We but, have a women's small yes. group, but they have to be able two and three says we consider yes. the fact that it might be the sin in my life. And then step three is you need to be able to consider Jesus. Yeah. Again, we're not asking them to jump into the baptistry. Can you simply consider Jesus? Yeah. So, so yeah, anybody who wants to can be part of these small Amen. groups. They're open to the public. Yes. yes, sir. Even though they're in our sober living homes, all of them, uh, except the one um, that you're, I mean, you and I are in, in right. your house. Right. Well, your house is a sober living home because you're sober and you live in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, all right, we'll get to uh, the next step next time. Thanks again, Tom. Glad you're, glad you're here to talk about step five today. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for listening to the Step 7 Ministries podcast. If this story spoke to you and you'd like to help support this ministry, just go to step7.org and click on support. If you or someone you love is in need of recovery from addiction, and are willing to consider Jesus as your higher power, we also invite you to give us a call to see if Step 7 Ministries is right for you. Located in Parker, Colorado, Step 7 Ministries is a small group-based ministry where men share their lives while finding true life application right out of the Bible. There are sober living homes and a weekly worship service, along with many opportunities to grow, learn, and serve together. Just go to step7.org and click on the Process button to learn more.